Now it's time for your hosts, the wonder twins of customer experience, Adam Toporek and Jeannie Walters. Hey, Adam. Hey, Jeannie. You know, we've been talking a lot over these last, well, several years, frankly. <laughs> but over this last, last lifetime? <laughs> in these last few weeks, as the world changed around us, we've talked about, you know, various things. But one of the things that we haven't really dug into is how not only is the customer journey changing because of all of the issues with staying at home and all of these things that we're dealing with, but the approach to the journey has been changing as well. And so I think it's interesting to kind of, you know, look at it with that lens and figure out it's not just, ready? It's very meta. It's not just about the journey. It's about the approach <laughs> to the journey. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, one of the things we always look at is what's the theory of customer experience and the practice of customer experience. And often there is a gap between because the theory, mm -hmm. as we all know, is not that easy, but it's a lot easier than the execution, right? When you got to <laughs> get in the weeds and you've got to figure out how to do things with, uh, you know, shifting dynamics, limited resources, and all of the other constraints we face. And, you know, our guest today really talks about, um, that operational, uh, you know, closing that operational gap and how mm -hmm. to use, you know, not only technology, but a different lens on the journey. Yeah. I think it's a really interesting discussion. I think anybody listening today will get a lot out of it. So why don't we jump in? I'm going to tell you about Michelle. Okay. Let's do it. Okay. Our guest today, Michelle Feaster, she is an enterprise software or sorry, not she, her, <laughs> her enterprise software career spans more than 20 years with roles in sales product, strategic marketing, and general management. Before founding UserMind, Michelle was VP of products at Aptio, where she drove product strategy, defined the category and discipline of technology business management, and helped grow the company from 30 to almost 400 employees. She also has managed product teams at Opsware and led the acquisition of Opsware by HP Software for $1.6 billion. She also worked in a variety of product and engineering roles at Mercury Interactive and CompuWare. Michelle, thank you so much for joining us. We're so happy you're here. Such a pleasure to be here, Jeannie. Thanks. Oh, well, great having you, Michelle. And you know, what's interesting is we talk a lot about journey mapping here on Crack the Customer Code, of course. <laughs> and, mm -hmm. you know, nothing's really so pretty as a nice nice, beautiful journey map. But here's mm -hmm. a question. <laughs> mm -hmm. So how do you go from mapping and measuring to actually operationalizing the journey to, and really operationalizing it so we can drive meaningful you know, customer and business outcomes? Yeah, it's a great question. So I, I started UserMind seven years ago and I did 300 interviews. And what I heard over and over from people uh, is they wanted to reimagine journeys um, and they had brought, you know, 50 people together and built a journey map and it sat in the drawer. And I thought, man, in a software enabled world, why does it have to be where we stop? Um, and so I've spent seven years building what we describe as an experience orchestration platform. And, and what we do is essentially help customers to take those journey maps and bring them to life. Think about, you know, Frankenstein rising off the table. Um, and, the, and, and, the, and the way that we do that is we've built essentially very modern monitoring software that listens to customers in channel in real time 
and responds to them essentially in moment with the digital experience that those journey mappers identified would delight them. And so that's really the idea is if you've envisioned this future state, how can you use software technology to bring that to life? Um, and, and what that really means is, you know, how can you deliver great experiences, right? Whether that be personalization or whether that just be reducing friction. I mean, could you imagine a world where you and I were on our banking app and struggling to do something? And when we called the call center, that agent knew everything we'd done and said, hey, Michelle, I noticed you were trying to add a payee. Is that why you're calling? Um, that's really, when you talk about operationally, operationalizing journeys, what you're talking about is bringing to life these um, experiences that we've all imagined and dreamed of, but that we didn't have software to really deliver. That's really interesting. And I think one of the points of friction that I've seen personally mm. is that, um, you know, when uh, I love your example of the journey mapping in the drawer, because I always mm -hmm. talk about the poster on the wall that people walk mm -hmm. by, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like that's not really mm -hmm. doing anything. Nope. Um, but, you know, one of the things that I've seen, especially in technology and software driven uh, organizations, and that's why I'm really curious about your take on this. Mm -hmm. um, they're very product driven. They are everything comes out of the product roadmap, and mm -hmm. so getting them to think about the customer experience in this different way, and to think about it as far as, you know, what we need to connect these dots, not because that's what uh, is on the roadmap, or not because that's what's going to make the one specific product any better. It's because that's going to make the end-to-end -end experience better. So how wow. do you get technology leaders and software leaders specifically who have this kind of product-first mentality, how do you talk to them about, you know, operationalizing the customer experience? Yeah, it's interesting. So um, let me answer that in two ways. I'll tell you a little story first about my history, if you don't mind. Sure. Um, so, so I spent 20 years building technology for IT before this. And so people often ask me, you know, as a person who's literally built software for technologists, how the heck did you end up building technology for digital teams and product owners? It's a really big shift. And I say, well, in my 20 years in IT, there was a giant transformation, um, and it was called service management. And when I started working in IT, everybody was managing devices. It was like, is the server available? Is the network working? And IT eventually kind of woke up and realized that it's the applications and services that deliver value. And the real question is, like, is the banking app working? Can customers access it? And that transformation changed everything in IT. Uh, org structures changed. All of a sudden, all those teams were brought together. DevOps was invented. So, And of course, many software technologies were invented to enable that transformation. When I look at what's happening in the front office today, I see a similar shift. Is When I engage with most companies, what I see is organizationally, they're organized by channel. So there's a marketing team that thinks about engaging me with email and text. The call center is thinking about that interaction. You might have an in-store team and a retailer who's thinking about making my shopping experience delightful. And to your point, journeys are really about that end-to-end -end, um, visibility. And so I would say, you know, if you asked me early in the life of the company, let's go back three years ago, really we were selling to visionaries. We were selling to people who you know, maybe they ran CX or they were the chief digital officer and they were just impassioned about this concept of end-to-end -end experiences. I would say today, I think this concept is starting to reach the organization. And increasingly what we're seeing 
is journey owners being created, new roles being created inside the digital team or inside the CX team, where literally people are being empowered, not to your point as product owners anymore, but as journey owners, where it's their job to optimize, for example, uh, cell phone activation or a checking account onboarding journey or a renewal journey at a utility. Um, and I think the minute you start to see organizational owners where their KPIs and their focus is there, that's really what heralds the shift of kind of a new age. Um, and my point of view is we're at a tipping point there. So I would say we see banking leading the way. We, we, we've seen just this year, probably north of 20 banks where they have created new roles in the organization to own and optimize these journeys. Um, and I believe eventually, you know, let's look five years from now, every company, we, every large enterprise in the world is going to have a journey, a journey team who is going to be accountable and responsible to think about these things end to end. And, and to your point, if no one's thinking about it end to end, how do we deliver on that grand promise? Yeah, that's the challenge is the execution, right? Mm -hmm. And so th that mm -hmm. really brings up an interesting question in the days we're in right now. So mm -hmm. you know, forget five years from now. Let's talk about five weeks from now and five yeah. days from now. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. know, so all of, uh, you know, I love this idea of journey ownership and um, really having a dedicated lens and people with a dedicated lens. So what are you seeing and what do you think organizations need to be doing now that the, you know, in a lot of industries, of course, it depends on the industry, but mm -hmm. a lot of journey maps have been, you know, basically exploded, right? Mm -hmm. They are confetti right now uh, because the journey has changed and maybe the journey is shifting back. We're in a transition period. Maybe it's half what it used to be and half something else. It's all over the place. So what are you seeing, number one, and what are you recommending? Yeah, so I would say on the what are we seeing, um, we we are seeing the pace of innovation accelerate and and the pace of decision making in the big enterprises accelerate. Um, and it's interesting. And so I would say kind of two things net, which are pretty obvious. One, we see all of these journeys dramatically moving to digital much faster. Um, and companies embracing digitization. And I think that's obvious, right? With all of us at home, you know, I can't see my doctor. I need to actually use the portal to request a prescription refill. Or, you know, I can't go to a bank. I need to embrace all my digital technologies. And so I think, you know, this, this whole stay-at-home moment that we're having is really accelerating um, every segment of the population's adoption of digital. Um, now, the second thing that's happening is I think business, and this is actually, I think, the more profound change, is business executives are being um, confronted with existential threats to their company and therefore making decisions that they might not have made or might have been waiting to make for years. I just had a conversation yesterday with one of the world's largest retailers in the home goods space, and they said to me, hey, we've been talking about curbside pickup for five years. We could have done it. It wasn't a technology problem. We were concerned that that wasn't the right operating model and would add expense. And, and what they told me is literally what they couldn't gain organizational alignment around for five years, they literally decided in seven days based on looking at store performance. And so I think we're at a unique moment in time where both the excel digital acceleration is being compressed dramatically and the level of risk that business uh, owners and CEOs and leaders are willing to take is dramatically greater because what they're facing, you know, from from COVID is is such an incredible moment. So we actually think this is accelerating the market quite dramatically. Um, and and it's interesting. We're seeing kind of three approaches, and we recommend three approaches. One, spin off an agile team. So we've seen some companies who say, "Hey, look, it's too hard to change our internal operating model. Let's create a whole net new." 
agile team to tackle the top couple business priorities. You know, the second thing we're seeing is these digital teams taking responsibilities for end-to-end journeys and experiences. And that example of curbside pickup is one that I mentioned. It's an existing digital team that is now reaching into the stores and delivering dramatically better experiences because it's a must-have for the company. Um, and the last thing we're seeing actually is is IT uh, leaning in to drive transformation. And in some cases where there was a chasm between the business technology team and the IT organization, we're seeing dramatically greater alignment around business priorities. Um, and look, our main our main um, uh, advice to customers is really two things. One, you need agitators. You need to have change agents. So when we go in, we advise them to pick. The people who own the project actually matter. Not only do you want to, to drive these projects, you need to pick people who are risk takers and future seers. And that choice of the executive to drive the project is quite important. And the second thing is our methodology has been to kind of be agile and start small. So you don't have to reinvent every journey. Pick the one or two that are most important to your customer today. Um, and just focus on those. And what we're seeing is that that'll open the whole company's eyes, like the ROI, both of the journey experience and the business outcome it delivers brings everyone else on board. So if you can bring a new journey to life and that drives conversion of new partners or new customers from 4% to 23%, nobody's doing it because the journey is good anymore. Everyone's doing it because the business impact is so great. You can't afford not to do more of those. And so that's kind of our fundamental approach. Find a change agent. And then we call it a lighthouse. Deliver a lighthouse. Bring one or two journeys to life. And when you see the impact on the business metrics, you literally cannot turn. You can't go back. You, you mm-hmm. only want to do more. <laughs> awesome. It's so true. It's so true. And I think anytime you can connect those business results and business outcomes with the customer journey. Mm-hmm. Um, I have yet to see that where you don't see a bunch of aha moments, right? <laughs> where people say, oh my gosh, we should have done this five years ago. Oh, um, yeah. And, it, it's it's insane. Mm-hmm. And and those change agents are like, yeah, we've been saying that for five years. <laughs> like It's about time, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Um, so in today's world, because I really think that's interesting right now, especially like the idea that there are people like on the digital side who are reaching into the in-store experience because it's just part of the necessity of the world right now. But, you know, one of the things that I've been um, seeing kind of a, a friction around right now is that there are people who are thinking, okay, we have to change everything. We have to get ahead. We have to keep going. We have to innovate. Just like you were talking about, that pace of innovation is really picking up. And then there are these, you know, there's kind of the other group saying, wait, 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 wait. Like we are, um, you know, we are in a situation where our all of our sales forecasts are moot, right? Like we cannot predict where we're going next. So instead of investing in that innovation, they're actually putting the brakes on it and saying, okay, what, you know, um, you know, just like kind of hold steady for the while. And so um, I'm just curious if you're seeing that same friction and, and what are some of the ways that we can kind of overcome those objections to this pace of innovation that I think the three of us believe is really necessary because we believe in the customer experience, right? Like we believe that that will um, provide these results. But I'm just curious if you're seeing that and if you are kind of what are some of the ways that you're seeing people overcome those objections around that pace of innovation? Yeah, Yeah, no, it's a great, great question. Well, I would say back row. 
um, we're seeing different verticals behave very differently. So if you mm-hmm. look at, for example, our banking customers, our healthcare customers, um, I call them fidgetal retailers where they're fidgetal, physical <laughs> and digital. Uh, mm-hmm. or, or, you know, you know, within that, think about grocery or home goods, right? Or when we look at utilities, um, where we're seeing a huge spike in home usage, we think there are verticals whose businesses are being accelerated um, by this shift. And then we think there are verticals like travel or hospitality, where, um, to be honest, to your point, their business is really um, in a in a challenging period. Um, and so, on our side, first of all, we think that the people who are really going through that you know revenue to zero scenario, mm-hmm. they're really triaging their business. Um, and 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 so, I think our philosophy is let's make sure we're engaging with people who have the mindset and the mind space to engage with us. And so, we very much have tried to be sensitive to the verticals where people are literally fighting for their their jobs and their company's mm-hmm. existence mm-hmm. and give them that respect and space. Um, now, now the flip side is we think there are some very clear verticals where, to your point, this is just only going to accelerate transformation in their business. And so I think on our side, we've doubled down on our engagement with the people we think are likely to be um, engaged with us. Um, and then I'll say one further thing that, that came up in a, another conversation I had this week. So I was talking to... Um, a healthcare provider who's a hospital chain. So they're kind of in the middle. They're not a provider. They're not a, you know, end customer like us. They're kind of in the middle of this supply chain. And they said, look, we think our business is going to be fundamentally different on the other side. We're going to lose some business and never get it back. Um, But we think we can gain share right now. And um, in that context, we want to leapfrog and embrace this technology. And so to me, that is, I think the people who are going to make the most of this moment are the ones who are in that scenario. Their business is either unaffected or accelerated by COVID. And someone in the organization sees the opportunity to leapfrog. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and I think that's what we preach is, is um, that these are the moments when, you know, you can potentially accelerate yourself multiple levels up the rung. And so, you know, I think it's actually quite interesting, not just the digital leaders, but that next tier of people who didn't do digital early actually can lift all the best practices, right? From all mm-hmm. the people like USAA who were real leaders in digital adoption. And now is the time when they can kind of take that blueprint and go all in in particular areas of their business. Um, and so we're very much seeing that that's the intersection. Verticals where there's still, you know, uh, digital acceleration happening. And then, and then we got to find that person who sees the leapfrog capability. Um, and they're the ones who are going to make, you know, drive the company forward. I hope so. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. And, you know, one thing, it's funny, I was in an interview recently and said, it's, it's a good time if you're in an in, in industry that has, you know, either not been uh, not facing huge headwinds as a result of this thing, or even uh, has benefited as a result of this thing. But it's really important, and and I don't like using the word opportunity right now, but it is uh, an opportunity for those who have a strong balance sheet. I mean, it's a time to uh, be able to invest and grow share, as you said, and to be able to. Ex- and you've you know you've used the word that I've been thinking a lot of about a lot, which is acceleration, right? It's, this was all, we were all talking about this, you know, in our space, the three of us six months ago and a year ago and a year and a half ago. Now we're just talking about how fast it's happening. A hundred percent. Right. Yeah, very true. Well, Michelle, this has been 
Awesome. So thank you so much. We really appreciate you sharing your wisdom with us. And um, it sounds like you're doing great things and helping uh, companies. So please let our listeners know where they can find out more about you, uh, what you do, and if they want any help with this uh, stuff in their business, they can find you. Awesome. Yeah. Well, they can learn more about the company at obviously www.usermind.com. Um, I am reachable. Uh, it's just Michelle, M-I-C-H-E-L at usermind.com. I'll take any email directly. I founded the company. I invented the idea and I've been evangelizing it for seven years. So happy to engage with anybody and kind of share what I know um, and really appreciate the opportunity to talk about this transformation. Um, I think we, we think CX is going to look totally different on the other side of COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're, we're super excited to see more companies go all in on the, on the journey concept and on really using that to become cu- customer centric and delight their customers. So, um, you know, not, here, not here. good times, but the outcome will be good, I think. So thank yeah, you. Yeah, for sure. Well, thank you so much, Michelle. It was great having you on the show and, uh, just thanks for joining us. Very much. My pleasure. I appreciate it. Thank you. So I think it's interesting how in some ways we are pushing innovation further and faster than we would have if everything had remained kind of status quo. I think it's really fascinating how leaders of all types, but especially around customer experience, are really stepping up into that role and saying, not only can we do this better, but we're not going to wait. We're not going to wait for that right moment. We're just going to respond to the needs and the necessity of the moment and our customers today. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, the, the word I really took away fr- from it is acceleration and that's really what's mm-hmm. happening in so many industries. The transformation that was already happening is just like, you know, it's, uh, it's like when you're in those race cars in the movies and they hit the nitrous tank and they like shoot ahead. <laughs> that's what's happening. Right. Yeah. And, um, and one it's messy when it happens that fast, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're trying to figure out how to how to pivot, where to pivot, how to allocate resources. Uh, and also often the specific directions, you know, the overall direction can g- generally be fairly clear, but the specific direction, the choices you make about how to deploy, where to deploy, where the journey is going can be really mm-hmm. difficult, particularly at that speed. Yeah, I agree. I think it's really fascinating how we're also breaking down barriers and we're working in cross-functional teams and we're reaching across silos to get this done, which of course we've been talking about forever and now all of a sudden it's happening. So there's some of this that I think will really serve people long-term in some pretty exciting ways. And that's what was so interesting about our discussion today. So another great guest on Crack the Customer Code, Adam. We are we are we are just rich. We are wealthy. <laughs> we are wealthy. Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> and you know what else? You know what else we're wealthy in? I'm going to guess our listeners. You got it. Our listeners are the best listeners out there. So thank you so much for being part of our audience. Thank you for week after week listening to Crack the Customer Code. We, uh, we absolutely appreciate you. And of course, if you appreciate us, we always appreciate ratings, reviews, and sharing. So knock yourself out. And we are a proud member of C-Suite Radio. So be sure to check out all the great business content at c-suiteradio.com and c-suitetv.com. I'm Jeannie Walters. You can learn more about me, our journey mapping programs, my customer experience training, speaking, et cetera, at experienceinvestigators.com. Hey, and I'm Adam Deporkin. You can learn more about us and our virtual customer service training, virtual keynote speeches, and all of that great stuff at customersthatstick.com. Until next time, take care of yourself. And take care of your customers. 
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.